0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Romans chapter 8 verse 15 says, you have not received, and I love this, we just sang this, you have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave. Now, many people come into the kingdom. We talked about this on week one about the prodigal son. And they have this mentality that I'll just I'll go to the Lord and I'll just be a servant. I'll live in the servants quarters. I will wear servants garb. I'll have the mentality of a servant in the house of God. And then we know that when the prodigal returned that he wasn't allowed to come back that way. He could only be reinstated to sonship. So when we come into the kingdom, God didn't reinstate you as some kind of bottom of the, bottom of the barrel kind of servant that, that, that is not worthy of anything because of your past. Come on. He actually puts you in the same position as Christ. We're seated in heavenly places with Christ. That's your status. God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus prayed this, John 17. He said, I pray that they would get this so they'd understand that I love them as much as you love me. So God loves you that much. So he didn't reinstate you so you could have this woe is me, uh, just a little sinner, just a little measly peasant. No, no, no. He reinstated you so that you would no longer be a slave to this thing called fear. We would no longer be a slave to this poverty mentality. How many of you know that poverty is, is the same, the mentality is the same as a slave? Because you're always working to get out of something. Oh, come on. You're always working to get into something. But whenever you realize that you're established, you don't have to walk like that anymore. So instead, you received God's spirit. Instead of receiving a fearful slave mentality, we've received God's spirit when he adopted you, his own children. And in him we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy God. He's my daddy. He's not some distant father. He's not, you know, he's not like some uh, father that's paying child support. Come on. He's not a nights and weekends type God. Come on, are you with me? He is involved. We're not slaves. We're not just grinding this thing out. Just serving God, brother. Well, we, we serve like royalty. Come on, are you with me? Y'all are right? Y'all are quiet today. So, if we're talking about wealth, you can't really talk about wealth without talking about poverty. Let's talk about poverty a little bit. Now, by the way, how many of you guys make more than like $15,000 a year? That's okay. You can say yes. That means that you make, you know, about over you know, like minimum wage. You make minimum wage, you make more than that. Did you know that you're like in the top eight percent of the world on the rich? You're you, welcome to Forbes, All right? So you're on that list. Um, so you're not poor. So you, you quit talking about it. I'm poor. I don't I don't have anything. We're going to talk about to- that today. Now, when we talk about poverty, we're not talking about finances. Are you with me? Finance is maybe part of it, but that's really not what we're talking about. And some people say, well, didn't Jesus say that, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit for they are the kingdom of God. Jesus is talking about the disposition in Matthew chapter 5, the disposition that we'd be like a beggar in our spirit. In other words, that we'd be people that are desperate for God, that we'd have a hunger in our heart. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about us being woe is me, kind of peasants, kind of begging at the doorway of heaven. Maybe he'll let me in someday. Come on. Was talking about spiritual hungers. And we're not talking about a social status. Really what poverty is, is poverty is, a, is an orphan mindset. It's a, it's a mindset that says, I will not be provided for today. This is how orphans think, right? I know that orphans look a lot different than they did a thousand years ago, more than they did different than they did 50 years ago. We do a pretty good job probably as a country of taking care of orphans, the programs and things that we have. But when we think about orphans, we think of someone that's poor, someone that doesn't have anything. They don't have anything in their life. And really, poverty is an orphan mindset. It's someone who doesn't belong. They don't have a family. But how many know that when God brought you in, he brought you into his family? There are things that you have because of your position in God. There are things that belong to you. Now, money, when we talk about money, money is an indicator. Everybody say money is an indicator. Did you know Jesus talked more about money than he talked about any other subject? Jesus talked more about money. He used money for illustrations. He talked more about money than he did any other subject. Yet we get offended in church when pastors talk about money. Right? Because usually money has a hold on us. We don't have a hold on money. Usually. We're working for money. Quit working for money. Make money work for you let me free you up. You're not working for a paycheck. Come on. You're working in a place that God has assigned you to be. Quit thinking about the dollar signs. Y'all all all right? Jesus talked more about money than any other subject. He wanted people to know the measure of their heart. That's why he talked about money. Why? Because money is an indicator. It shows where a heart is. You want to know where your heart is? Look at the debit. Go to your bank account. Look at your Uh, the debits in your account over the last three months. You're going to see where your heart is. Right? Come on. You know, you you can give a poor person money and take money away from a rich person, and you can really see a lot. This is why you will see... You know, professional athletes sometimes that come from a poverty mindset. You give them a bunch of money, they're still poor. It doesn't matter how much money is in their bank. So what happens with their money when they get it? It's gone. It's wasted. Why? Because poverty is not about money. Poverty is about a mindset. Come on. I, I, I've known people my whole life that, makes a, that make a lot more money than, than I've ever made. Yet they're poor in their thinking. It is not about what's in your bank account. Uh, Let me tell you this also, that money is an indicator, but money is also a heart leader. So where we put our money, it puts our heart there, right? You get invested. That's why when you join a membership and you're paying that money, a gym membership, you're going, right? Well, at least for the first month. But the mindset is this, and if I put my money there, I'm going to show up. Right, and then you're locked into those 14 months and then you're frustrated, right, or whatever, those other 10 months of the year. You're like, oh, what did I do that and I'll spend my money? Well, go to the gym. Because yeah. time is also an investor, come on. So you, you can't love it unless you invest something in it, time, money, energy. Then you learn to love it. You grow in love. How many you know you love is a thing that grows? Uh, but, you know, one thing about kings, the way that we know they're wealthy is not by how much gold they have, but because they don't worry about money. We don't worry about money. See, I I didn't really grow up with money. I still don't have a lot of big bank fat rolls in my bank account, but I'm not poor. I'm not poor. I'm not. No matter what the what what the status quo of the nation is, my poverty is not dictated by what's in my bank account. I don't worry. We don't worry about money. Let's say now, right after we got married, we were uh, we were on a walk and we started having some intense fellowship about money we don't fight we have intense fellowship and so we're having intense fellowship about money and leslie said listen and she i was like oh yes ma'am she said we are not going to fight about money and this was this was 11 11 and a half years ago probably we were up walking Remember we did that we walked that's you yeah, like twice Uh, we're like, exercise walking who's weird. I don't know. Why would we ever do that? Okay, so we're walking, and Leslie goes, we're not going to fight about money. And from that day, we've never fought about money. We've just decided, listen, we're we're not. Because money is not something worth fighting, because kings don't worry about money. Kings don't worry about money. They're not like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to (laughs) do? To worry is to operate in a poverty mindset. Let's talk a little bit about the poverty mindset. Y'all okay today? The first thing, function of a poverty mindset is this financial greed. So, see, you can have a million dollars in the bank, but if you are, or you can have $50 in the bank, and if you are greedy about what you have, that's a poverty mindset. Because in the kingdom, wealth is measured by generosity. Let me say that again. In the kingdom, wealth is measured by generosity. In the kingdom, wealth is measured by generosity. So when we are greedy, we're holding. Why are we holding? Because we're afraid we won't have it tomorrow. It's fear. Fear is an orphan mindset. Greed is driven by fear. If I'm not gonna let you have it, you can't have any. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. I've got a store up. And then we go, Well, I'm I'm just wise. I'm just wise. No, you're greedy. Again, the the withdrawals in your bank account reveal your priority. You know, some people, I love this statement. I didn't come up with it, but I read it somewhere one time. It says this, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Some people are so poor that all they have is money. How many of you have met someone like that, that they had lots of money, but that's all they had? There was no richness to their life. They didn't have a a grace on them. There was no uh, gratefulness in them. There was no generosity in them. Yet some of the richest people I've ever met had very small bank accounts, had very small assets. But in the kingdom, wealth is measured by generosity. Listen, if you have enough money to go buy yourself toys and you can't be generous with your money, then it shows that you are greedy and things have you. It's interesting how, how, how we say we can't afford this, that, and the other, yet we're going out and to eat. 15 times a month, which is low in our, you know, 15, man, I wish I was only eating out 15 times a month, right? We've got a car payment that's like higher than our mortgage. We've got four car payments, right? Come on, we had to go buy the last 15 jerseys that came out this year. We've got all the toys, right? We got exhaust on our truck. Got our big bath, but we're like, I just don't have the money to tithe. Poverty mindset. Things have you, you don't have things. He who dies with the most toys wins. Listen, if you're finding value in what you have, you're finding value in the wrong place. There is, It is better. Listen, I've learned this. It is better to give than receive. It is better, it really is. But you've got to do it to get it. It really is better to give than receive. But the only way you learn that is if you do it. Mm. Don't talk about my checkbook. Just look. You just look. And you look where all your money's going. There's your heart. There's your heart. Y'all all right? The second thing is worry, anxiety, or fear. That's the second. Worry, anxiety, or fear. Listen, the poverty mindset reacts in fear of lack, always cautious of self-preservation. If I'm generous, listen, I'm not just talking about when the offering buckets, come on. We're not just talking about that. We might be talking about that. I mean, if the shoe fits, come on, you just go ahead and put it on. But listen, we might be talking about that, but we might be talking about you buying somebody dinner. Come on it might be talking about you giving somebody some money because they need it. Might be talking about being in community. Helping people out when they need it. We might be talking about that. If the shoe fits, go ahead and put it on. So the poverty mindset always reacts in fear of lack. Well, if I if I help that person out, if I'm generous, then I, we won't have any money. I just I just don't know what to, I just don't know. To. If you listen, if you are every month are freaking out and have no fingernails left because you're afraid that the bills aren't going to be paid, you might have a poverty mindset. See, one of the blessings about being a tither, and we've learned this, is that I know that, our, that God has got it. I don't always know how it is, but, but when we look at our, our, I mean, some of you guys that know us, we've never made a lot of money. Rarely have we made over like forty grand a year. Rarely. I'm just being honest. But we've always put God first. And so at the end of the month, we're going, I don't know how that happened, but it did. It all worked out. And we still have money to be generous. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bragging in that. I'm just saying we stopped acting like orphans a long time ago. And we started realizing that we're rich. And it's not measured in things. Um, and so people that are totally consumed, what If if I'm generous, if I help a person out, I won't have anything. I should take care of myself. Yes, the needs of your house do need to be taken care of. You do need to spend some money on yourself sometimes. I'm not saying that, but if you are so driven by, oh, I just don't know what we would do. Orphan. Orphan mindset. Number three. Y'all okay? Number three is, uh, I'm talking way more about money than I want to. Number three. Selfish with time. Selfishness with time. If you are very selfish with your time, you might have a poverty mindset. You say, "Well, how does that work?" Well, what happens is we find value in being busy. We 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 reward this unhealthy habit, right? We're like, "How you doing?" No, oh, man, I'm so busy. In other words, I'm being productive. First of all, busy does not mean productive. How many of y'all have ever been busy before and you weren't getting anything done? Come on. Busy does not mean productive. But a lot of people, a lot of workaholics like Josh Brown, um, are very caught up in the rat race. I need to get this done. I need to get this taken care of. I need to be ambitious. I need to be busy. So when people come up to us, we're like, hey, man, how's it going? All All busy. So what did I just do to the person that I told that to? I devalued them. I dismissed them. I said, I don't really have time to share my life with you because I'm so caught up in my life. I've got to hold on to my life. I can't share my life with you. Poverty. Orphan. You got the time. You got the time. Your time reveals your priorities. Your money reveals your priorities. Your time reveals your priorities. I I love this. uh, I don't know who Lily Thompson is, but she said this. The problem with the rat race is that even at the end, if you win, you're still a rat. So, man, we're busy. Busy don't do you any good. (coughs) So don't quit being so selfish with your time. Listen, if you struggle with burnout, I don't believe people burn out. I think people rust out, but that's just the way it is. If you struggle with burnout or, you know, you only feel productive, you're busy, you're probably just being self-consumed with your time. You're not going to get to heaven and God look at you and go, man, you were just so busy and you intended well, but you didn't really do anything. You Come on, here's your reward. You were working for yourself the whole time. You were busy for yourself the whole time. There's no reward in that. What I've found is this. When I'm generous with my time, all my time feels blessed. I, I get, you know, people, I spend time with a lot of people, and one of the things that I get a lot of times from people, it's so weird, like people, I get, maybe because I'm a pastor, they always say this, I know you're really busy, but do you think we could talk sometime? Do you think we could go get some coffee? I'm like, I'm not that busy. I'm not too busy for you. Can I tell you, you have time to spare. Where's your time going? Where are you investing it? Maybe you need to reevaluate that. Maybe you need to tell your boss no. Come on. All right. Number four. This is kind of practical, kind of. All right. Number four is when we allow, of a poverty mindset, number four, is when we allow situations to dictate our behavior. And I know some of you are thinking, what? Just hold on, hold on with me. Listen, listen, stop being so high maintenance. Stop being so high maintenance. We allow situations, we allow circumstances, we allow the behaviors of other, others to dictate how I act. The way we act when we're cut off in traffic. I mean, have you ever been driving, you know, and you make a mistake when you're driving? I mean, you're not really me. Oh God, I mean. You know, you feel so stupid, and the person's like, right between the lines, you know, and you're like, you know, and they're like, giving you the death stare, right? And they're pulling out in front of you and slowing down. You're pulling out in front of me, I'll kill you. It's like, whoa, relax, man, right? I know for me, sometimes it happens to me, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like trying to give them the apology wave. You you know what I'm talking about? You're like, they can't see you, so you're just like kind of trying to, you know, work it over with them. They're like, I mean, I deal with this every morning when I take Judah to school because there's, you know, There's 5,000 students in the school or whatever, and there's 6,000 cars. I don't know how that works. And there's people that park where they shouldn't park. And so I'm dropping them off. It should take two minutes. It takes 10. You know, I have to hang the phone up when I'm calling this school. Y'all need to get. Can I tell you that that is really a poverty mindset? Hold on with me. Listen. When the line's too long at Walmart, when we treat the guy working at McDonald's like we treat him or the server at our table, when customer service is an oxymoron, we are allowing other things, listen, other things to dictate the economy of our heart. You can afford for someone to cut you off in traffic. You can afford for someone to get in front of you in line at Walmart. You can afford it. Trust me. You can afford it. You can afford to, Jesus said it this way. He's he's like, you know, even pagans are nice to people that are nice to them. But I'm telling you, love your enemies. Let's just pretend that one. Well, you don't understand what they did to me. Poverty. Because you don't have enough inside of you. Because you're functioning in an emotional lack. Listen, our actions cannot be bought. We are not for sale. Say that. I'm not for sale. You are not for sale. Anger in your life. Someone can't pay you enough for you to get lose your cool with them. Someone can't do enough to you in order for you to lose. Who was supposed to be a doormat? If that doormat gets them into the kingdom, then yes. I mean, look what Paul said that he was willing to do for people to come into the kingdom. Well, you might want to read that on your own to get a little more appropriate. All right. And we don't get to bail out with this. Well, it's just, you know, it's not my heart. I have a good heart. I, I just yeah. Matthew twelve thirty five. The good man brings out the good things stored up in his heart, and the evil man the evil things stored up in his heart. The economy of our heart dictates how we act to people when we're in stress. Listen, there will be an opportunity every day for you to be greedy with your emotions, or to be generous with your emotions. I encourage you, make it a point every time you go somewhere to see yourself as an ambassador of Christ. You show up, but you serve like a king. You let somebody else take that parking spot. And you don't get mad at them because they pulled out in front of you. Who do you think you are? Well, I know who you are. You're a child of God. You can afford someone stealing your parking spot. I mean, you might have to walk like 30 more feet. It'll be good for you because you had McDonald's for lunch. Remember? You have good stored in your heart. Release the good. When we are reactive, we're acting like we're poor. Y'all okay? How rich is your heart? How rich is your heart? Come on, y'all okay? All right, I love you. Let me get to the good the the good news. <laughs> Ephesians chapter one. Y'all ready? All right. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. How many? Come on, really? I mean, every spiritual blessing? Yeah, that's what it says. Right there, it says it right there. Ephesians, every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1, 3, right there. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Well, I don't understand how I can act like that if I'm united with Him. Maybe we need to tighten that bond a little bit. Even before the world was made, God loved us and chose us to be. In Christ, to be holy and without fault in his eyes, God decided in in, in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus. This is what he wanted to do. Why? Because God is generous. Notice he didn't say it was his cosmic obligation. It was his good pleasure. He wanted to do it in advance, knowing how jacked up you are, knowing your wicked tendencies, knowing that you would get frustrated at the guy in traffic or yell at your kids or your spouse. He knew all of that, yet he said, you know what's a really good idea? That I'll teach them what it's like to be rich because they've been acting like they're poor. Y'all okay? And he wanted to do it, it gave him good pleasure, great pleasure. Verse 6 So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on who belong to his dear son, on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich. <laughs> That's the understatement of a century. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with wisdom and understanding. So he wasn't just good to you and said, okay, I'll let you in. He's like, I'm going to give him wisdom. I'm going to give him understanding. I'm going to give him goodness. I'm going to give him kindness. I'll just keep giving and giving and giving and giving. And he showered us. With kindness. He didn't like, you know, it wasn't like the little bit of water left at the bottom of the water bottle and him go, oh, here is a little bit of kindness left over for you. No, he showered us. He didn't just kind of smear it on. He showered us with kindness along with wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his this mysterious plan regarding Christ. How cool is that? So you don't just get the benefits, you actually get the revelation. Well, let me show you how I did it. Let me show you why I did it. Let me show you who I am. A plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. So God has a plan that he wants that brings him pleasure. And part of that plan is to lavish on us. That word right there showered in another translation says it has the word lavish and that word means to superabound with access. what does that sound like that sounds like rich rich is when you have more than what you need it's called wealth god is full of wealth with goodness and kindness, and he showers us with that wealth. How many know that it's an eternal residual wealth? It's not a a wealth that comes and falls and ends. Everything that God does is eternal. So when God pours out his grace on you, he doesn't just pour out his grace on you. He pours his grace through you. He pours his kindness on you, then he pours his kindness through you. So it's easy when you get cut off in traffic to just go, Or when the guy at girl or whatever it is at the person at Walmart is rude to you and they should be nice because you're buying, you're paying their bills. I'm a customer. And they're having a rotten day because they hate your job. You can afford to be kind to them and let them have the best moment of their day when you showed up. You know, I was really having a bad day. And then this guy showed up, Ian, and he showed up and he encouraged me. He said he appreciated me. What if we acted like that? Instead of being entitled to everything that's going on. Entitlement is a poverty mentality. You know, when we talk about super abounding, when we talk about excess, it, it, it actually sounds like people have asked me this. Do you guys believe the prosperity gospel? Well, we believe the provision gospel. We don't believe the poverty gospel. I mean, that's kind of the opposite, right? Oh, gee. I'll do that like declaration... You're like into the poverty, the, the, what do you call it? A prosperity gospel? I, I think so. I mean, I don't think that that means us living like in elaborate mansions, but I think that means that I have enough to be a blessing to everyone around me and that doesn't just mean finances it also means my emotional state that i have enough kindness in me that i can give it away because i'm not in debt of kindness because i'm not in debt of grace he's super abundant he poured it on me and is pouring on me and through me so if that's prosperity then yes we believe the prosperity gospel <clears throat> we don't believe in a poverty gospel We actually believe, and let me say this, we don't believe in a materialistic gospel. Let's say that. Because I think what times what we say is prosperity gospel, does God want to prosper you? Absolutely. But what you may call the prosperity gospel, I would call a materialistic gospel. So let's get the terminology straight. How about we just don't talk about people that we're not in relationship with? How about we just don't talk about anybody. We just talk to two talk to people. Imagine that. I mean, you can afford that. You can, you can afford to keep your mouth shut. Talk about that in a minute. All right. So, How do we walk? How do we walk in the wealth of grace? If this, if this grace is in me and it's flowing through me, come on, how, how, how do I walk in that wealth of grace? Well, first of all, live from a point of reference. See, you talk to any person that lives in poverty, and it's usually you can ask them what happened. You guys, you guys know, you've talked to people that, we're not, again, we're not talking about money, but you talk to people that, that have a poverty mindset, and you can ask them what happened, and there's an event. Isn't there? There's a point of reference that they have for that. It might have been a series of events. It might have been a circumstance that they were raised. Well, when I was raised, we just didn't have any money and we didn't have anything. Something like that. Or it could be people have been mean to me all my life. Or nobody understands me. Or my dad was this way and that and the other. Right? So usually there's a point of reference. An event happened. Can I tell you that for those that are in Christ, they have an understanding that an event happened. Come on, an event happened. A cataclysmic nuclear grace blast happened. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came. Boom! An event happened. And that is resonating throughout eternity. It is resonating in our lives. It is going. It's coming in. It's flowing through us. An event happens. That's my point of reference. My point of reference is God, who you can't put any value on, saw value in me. It said, I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He said, I'm worth it. And he sent Jesus to pay a high price for me. An event happened. So I live from that point of reference. Listen, you ain't Paul no Not about, quit talking about all the stuff that happened in the natural that caused you to be the way that you are. And start looking at the cross and say, this is the way that God made me. He designed me. He rescued me. He valued me. That is my reference point. Not someone offended me or a preacher said something mean to me or asked for too much money. No. My point of reference is kindness because God, in His kindness, looked down and saw me, saw me as unfit, saw me as unworthy, saw me as a scathing heathen, and said, I want you. And I want, I want you so bad, I will send my son to die in your place. I will send my son. Listen to this 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 that you would know the gracious the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ though he was rich yet for your sake became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich That's my reference point That's my reference point That's your reference point So your story doesn't start with I was abandoned I was looked over. I was beaten. Your story starts with 2,000 years ago. God looked on the earth and saw I was valuable. And he came for me. And he defeated hell for me. And he took the keys from death in the grave. And he actually gave me the keys. You can afford it. You have a great reference point. You right? You can afford to be compassionate. You can afford to smile. Well, that's not my personality. You can afford it. Might cost you a little bit more because of your personality, but you can afford it. You can afford not to speak your mind. Well, I'm just being honest. We, well, we, we know. We want you to be honest because your opinion is the most important opinion. How about you not exercise your honesty and instead exercise the virtue of silence? How about you shut your mouth? Because last time I checked, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Last I checked, the Bible says be slow to speak. Well, I'm just being honest. Are are you so broke that you feel the need to always insert your opinion? Y'all all right? I love you. Or critic being critical. Listen, this is something that I I've had to deal with. I still have to beat that boy down every once in a while. That critical spirit that comes, oh, just do things this way. What happened to considering others better than yourself? How about we focus on my heart? <laughs> And if I'm going to do something with somebody, it's going to be for the betterment of them, not just to criticize and be cynical. Listen, all you guys that are under 30, you're going to have to deal with the cynicism thing. You're just going to need to deal with it and learn to keep your mouth shut and learn to start start seeing things the way that God sees them. I'm right there with you because I have that bent. I get it. I understand it. But we can't, we can't. That's not how we operate. Kings don't walk around and go, <laughs> not in this kingdom we don't. We don't. <laughs> I just think, this is my opinion, and blah, 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 but great. There's nothing wrong with having an opinion, but who are you sharing it with? That's important. It's more important than who you're sharing it with well, you're just talking about it. It could be gossip. All right. Listen, the, the royal attribute of charity is what we're talking about. Charity means extending kindness. Everybody say that, extending kindness. Can I tell you, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, you are ambassadors of Christ. We represent Jesus. Is Jesus annoyed? Mostly? Is Jesus cynical? Mostly? I don't think so. Is Jesus hot tempered? Mostly? No. Does he get, yeah, Jesus gets mad. I believe that. Well, my whole, does Jesus get an appointment? Yeah, disappointed. Yeah, Jesus gets, but is Jesus like so sad with his, no, because he can deal with it. And you're his ambassador. You can do, it. you can afford to keep your mouth shut. Listen, this is what happens. We go through a difficult situation, right? Come on, we all do. We go through difficulty. We, we, we meet something that's challenging, a, a circumstance that causes this poverty mentality rise up, right? And what we do is if we're continually exposed to that, we start doing this. Lord, would you get me out of this situation? I believe this. I believe God puts us in those situations, not so we could be stressed, but that we could be blessed so that we could be light in darkness. We just want our comfortable little room, just me and Jesus and my candle and my little Bible and writing something down and Ooh, yeah, and go out, and then the world obliter- obliterates us and show us how poor we actually are. Jesus is saying, I want you to go into the darkness. I want you to- look at the disciples, how much stress they were under. I want you to go. I want you to be stressed out so you can show people what I look like. Because it's dark and I need you there. So quit trying to bail out on your job because it's stressful. Represent Jesus there. He's got you. Stop trying to get away from your family. Oh, you just don't understand my family. They're so little. How about you love them? How about you just be there? How about you just represent Jesus and just let his grace flow through you? Well, you don't understand. I don't understand. But I guarantee you Jesus did not retaliate. Uh, You all right? Listen, we bring light to those situations. Stop praying for God to get you out and just start asking for God to use you. Rather than saying, God, get me out of this situation, how about you saying, man, God, we're going to change this situation. We're going to bring light. We're going to bring hope. These people need Jesus. Bad. Well, who's going to bring Jesus? You going to ask God to get you out of that job so he can bring somebody else to do it? Or are you going to say, God, I, the greatest thing that I could ever do in my life is lead somebody to Jesus. And they need him bad. <laughs> right? Maybe you're the blessing. <clears throat> Maybe we need to quit asking God for the blessing and just be the blessing. How about that? How about you're the blessing? See, I'm learning this. I like to get out in public, and I like to be around places. You know, I used to be like, I used to always hate going to Walmart. I mean, you know why? <laughs> right? Excuse me. I used to hate going to Walmart, but now I'm like, I walk in, I'm like, all right, who, who, where can I, where can I let some of this kindness flow out of me? Whose day can I make? Who can I make feel better about? today who can I give a little hope to see God's got you right where he wants you and he's just ready for you to be the blessing and then maybe he'll promote you to something else then you can be the blessing there. Because no matter where you go, there's going to be frustrations. There's going to be tension. And wherever you go, listen to this, child of God, wherever you go, there will be hope. And wherever you go, there will be light. And wherever you go, there will be encouragement because it is all in you and flowing out of you. Wherever you go, it will be there because you're there and you represent Jesus. Ho. So number one, live from that point of reference. You can't afford it. Number two, slow down. Slow down. Get off your phone. I've started making it a habit. If I'm in a place, I dismiss the call. I can call them later. But I only have this opportunity to love this person that's in front of me right now. And listen, if you're going to go to a restaurant and you don't want to give a 15% tip, then don't go to a restaurant, even if they have bad service. How about you up it to like 20 30%? All the waiters say. Horror stories, man. When I used to work in the restaurant business, used to hear that all the time. Oh, man, on Sunday, that's the worst day. Church people are the worst tippers. What a what a ugly thing. Huh. Well, I, bless God, I'll, I'll give the Lord 10%. I'm not going to give him more than that. Of your total income? We're talking about a bill. All right stop eating out. Well, they gave me bad service. I'm not going to murmur. How about you just be a blessing and quit worrying about it? You're so important. I know. All right. All right. You are that important. You're that important to bring hope. You're that important to bring joy. All right. So slow down. I don't know how I got there. Slow down. Slow down when you're at the line, you know, Looking for the other lines so you can get out quicker? Slow down. And love the person in front of you. Who can I do? Di- Number three, can I just say this? You have two minutes. You have two minutes. Well, you don't know how busy I am. Well, quit acting like an orphan, poor mindset. Quit, quit that and start acting like someone who has the time. Or how about you make the time? All right. Man, I'm being so mean today. All right. Okay, good. Number three, look around. (laughs) It might be, you know, me, I'm like really bad with my phone. I'm like, so many people like my status today so I can feel better about myself. I mean, I'm just as bad as you are, just as bad. But I'm learning, listen, I'm learning to look around. Listen, stop avoiding people that look like they're going to be a hassle. I'm gonna go on to that line. She's having a rough day. My husband's having a rough day today. I just want to stay in the bedroom. Look around. Where can we demonstrate the richness of Christ? Number four, over deliver. Number four, over deliver. Charity, gracious kindness. When we talk about, that's what we're talking about. When we talk about grace. We're talking about over-delivering. Listen, we're talking about over-delivering. We're not talking about enough. We're talking about wealth, more than enough. That's what grace is. Grace is more than enough. It's more than enough. Over-deliver. Ephesians 2 for it's by grace you've been saved. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Everybody, You know, we're all talking, about, we, we focus so much on the grace shown to us. We need to start focusing more on the grace shown through us. And then maybe we'll have a greater understanding of the grace that's shown on us whenever we realize what it's like to actually give grace. Part of the reason why we don't understand grace is because we don't ever give it to anybody. So we don't know how God feels when we reject it. Partner with his heart. Ephesians 2, it's by grace you've been saved. Woo! Come on! Through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift from God. Not by works. Oh, good. So no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. It's not about works, brother. It's just about the grace. The grace is for good works. The grace is in you to go through you. It's in you to overflow out of you. It's in you to show kindness. And not just to tolerate people, but to celebrate people. When we received this grace, it was not just extended to us, it was extended through us. John 1.16, from his fullness, we, we've all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace upon grace. That's what you got. Grace on top of grace. Grace just pouring out and keep on flowing. Is that so you can sit around and oh, sing a little song? Yeah, but not to end there. It ends there, but at the end of the day. It starts there and it ends there, right? But there's also a place in between. I love how Jesus told the disciples, if you freely receive, then freely give. It didn't cost you anything, so it shouldn't cost the people around you anything either. Oh, y'all okay? I feel like I got an attitude today. All right. I need some grace, Lord. Come on. <laughs> Number five, remember. Remember. Remember, this is worship. This is what worship looks like. I know y'all love worship because I know what the room feels like when we're singing. Right? I know, I, I know y'all love to sing songs. Come on. Because we feel a certain way. But listen, worship without sacrifice is not worship. Let me just say this. Worship without sacrifice is not worship. So if the only time you ever press into a song is when it's a song that you like, then it's not costing you anything. All the worship pastors are like, "Mm mm-hmm. Listen, when we do something that might be difficult in in order to please the Lord and it's costly for us, it's worship. When it's hard to love the person in front of us, when it's hard to put our phone down, when it's hard to take the time, when it's hard to give financially, it's worship. It's costing you something. Well, I thought Jesus paid for it all. Well, hold on. we are giving you a reference point right here. Listen, it's easy to sing songs, songs somebody else swept for, songs that benefit us, that make us feel a certain way. This is good, but don't tell me you love to worship and act like a jerk when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Don't tell me you like to worship and never give financially. Don't tell me you like to worship and you never give of any of your time. Don't tell me you like to worship and then do that. Because you don't like to worship, you like to sing songs that somebody else toiled for because, so you can feel a certain way. All right. Listen, you love comfort, you love emotion, and you love God, but you need to grow in your worship. You need to start acting like somebody that's full of grace. Well, show me scripture. Hold up. When we love somebody that is hard to love, hmm. We all know those people. Come on, you thought of that person right when I said hard to love? Yes. I know who you're talking about. Can I tell you, it might be you. When we love somebody that's hard to love or treat somebody better than we, than we treat ourselves, it's worship. It's worship when you extend grace. Listen, Romans 12.1, right here. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. It's still a sacrifice. is just not dead. It's actually functioning. It's living. It's operating. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. This is your worship. I'm going to read it out of the message, and we're going to be done. Listen. So here's what I want you to do. I love this. I, I'm, not a, I'm not always a big fan of the message, but I, they nail it right here. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. It's just what we're talking about. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Isn't that good? Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. So don't become so well-adjusted to your culture, an angry culture, a frustrated culture, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your intention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Live from that reference point. Readily recognize. So good right here. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Amen. Is it that good? How many want the Lord to, to form some maturity into you, some, some mature love? And I, I think that this is, we're growing, right? We're growing. We're growing in the richness of his grace. We're growing in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. These are all things that are folding before us, but we need to be a people that are saying, God, this is my worship. It's not just about what I do on Sundays, but it's what I, or, or what I do maybe in my private time with the Lord, but it's also how I'm treating people in public, that I am rich in good deeds.